Hello, and welcome to the In It podcast, where we talk about the latest trends in public transit and look into the future of mobility through the eyes of leading industry experts. I'm your host, Ann Derby, and today we're talking about the challenges of social distancing on public transit. Joining us today is Dirk Weiser, Director of Research and Development at Init. Dirk, thanks for joining us from Karlsruhe, Germany today. Thank you, Anne, for the kind introduction, and thank you for giving me the opportunity. So, Dirk, uh, let's first talk about what's happening in Europe right now. You guys are a bit ahead of us in terms of recovery from coronavirus. So there seems to be a gradual downturn of cases reported and a phased reopening of the economy. Uh, describe for us what this looks like right now for you guys. Okay, um, somehow you can meet in the public. The numbers of people is different, but um, there are some people can meet in public, but the distance is too close, you have to wear face masks. And at least for us in Germany, it's the rule, if you are using public transport, then you have to use face masks. And yeah, step by step, we are getting back to something which might be a new normal. Um, in the very beginning of the coronavirus, the trains and the tramways, metro lines were quite empty. And right now you see step by step, at least for the long distance trains, they are used as before. But there are still some differences in the usual commuter trains. Uh, they are less used. And one thing you, you see is people are somehow afraid of using public transport because we were trained in the last two months to have social distancing. And then if we are thinking on commuter trains, which are usually crowded or overcrowded, this is where we really see people frightened mm -hmm. to not use public transport. And we see a strong tendency. They are not using cars. They are buying e-bikes and go with their e-bikes back to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we're seeing the exact same thing here in the States, this revolution almost of bicycle riding. And uh, it's a good thing because, of course, we're all getting healthier and it's a good form of transportation. You've been involved with research and development for many years. Did you ever envision a time when we would have to limit the number of people on board public transit vehicles? I mean, normally the goal is to encourage ridership and to fill up the buses in your professional opinion, what will be the biggest challenge for transit agencies during and even beyond this recovery period? You asked me first if I ever have ever encountered that um, we don't want people to use public transport. And I know some situations in, in the Munich area where at least in the peak hours in the morning, we already right now have the case where um, we try to keep passengers away from public transport because the vehicles are already overcrowded. And there, the strategies are going in direction to inform passengers where are vehicles which are less crowded, um, where are alternative um, public transport lines which could be used here. Yeah. I think the biggest challenges for the transit agencies right now might be to get back some confidence during the phase of the lockdown. It was quite obvious because not only usual people had to stay at home, also bus drivers or tramway drivers had been affected. So the public transit agencies had to limit or to cut down their operations because of a lack of driver. And then we had the situation where you couldn't have really trust if the bus is coming or not coming. Um, I had some complaints of colleagues or uh, friends of mine which told me, okay, I wanted to use the tramway, but I had to wait for uh, 20 minutes or half an hour because the tramway didn't come because of a lack of drivers, and usually the tramway is coming every 10 minutes. So we have to 
we ensure our customers that we are really still operating in a usual manner and a usual way. And we became quite familiar with social distancing. We started, I, I don't want to mention the word love, the distance, but we know, okay, we have to keep distance. And we are familiar with this. And if we are have to go to a crowded vehicle, um, we will not, or the customers, the passengers will not do this. So we might need to tell them in advance, or we have to give them guarantees that the vehicle they want to use is not crowded. Mm -hmm. I think this might be one of the real challenges to get back the, the trust and the confidence that you are back in usual operation. I think this is something quite easy to do. But the other task is how to give the customer the guarantee that the vehicle is not crowded. I agree. We talk about the new normal and no one really knows what the new normal in the long term is going to be. But we are figuring it out as we go. And social distancing is of critical importance for everyone everywhere right now. So what have you uh, been working on? Are there any ways that we can help agencies restore the public's confidence with taking public transit again? I think somehow the public transport agencies, they have already some tools in place. Um, they are already in the, in the possibility where they can inform their passengers in real time whether the service is coming or not coming. And we have to take care that the information we are giving to our customers is in the best way we can give them. We have to inform them in a way where they can trust, okay, the information is right. This is something, and a lot of these tools are already in place. Some other things we might have to develop with regard to social distancing. We mentioned, okay, we have to keep the distance. And I know if a vehicle is crowded or not, this is something we currently really haven't used for purposes of passenger information. Um, this is something we might have used for having better planning um, data or um, having better distribution of the revenues or for internal stuff. We count already counted usually passengers, but this is information we usually haven't brought to the passengers. So it sounds like you're talking about some advanced mobility solutions, which could be functional in some years from now. But I know, and you know, that we have something that we're working on now, um, which also includes real-time passenger counts. And I wonder if you could just briefly describe what that is about. Currently, we are already counting passengers in real-time in the vehicles, and we can do this in a quite um, correct way where we have sensors, but um, there are other ways. Um, maybe the driver is counting or estimating um, the passengers or the number of passengers because usually, at least with regard to Corona, we don't really need to know if there are 19 or 21 people on board. It's fine if we know this and we have already the tools in place to know this because of sensors. But there are other ways, maybe it's sufficient to know, okay, the vehicle is crowded um, 50% or um, 80%. This is also already information which might be helpful. For the situation right now, I think we have to extend somehow the solutions and we already have in place, maybe enrich the information we um, are usually already sending from our vehicles to the back office. Usually we are sending GPS coordinates enrich the information, okay, uh, this is the GPS coordinate and the current load of the vehicle is maybe 50%. Um, it's just using the tools and extending the tools which are in place. It's a minor effort, but if we have all the information in the back office, then we can distribute 
all this information. Mm -hmm. And this is for me somehow real APC or real-time APC because only if we have the information available in real time, um, then we can give the passengers the safety and the feeling of, of reliability that you can use the next vehicle coming and keep the social distance. So I'm a passenger and I am going back to my workplace now as the economy is reopening. Really, public transit is my only mode of transportation. So what does that look like for me? I'm waiting at the bus stop and I need to know, is this bus that's coming full? Rather than waiting for it to show up, I need to know that ahead of time. So what you're describing is that we know what the passenger loads are. How do we convey that to the passenger? If all the available tools are in place and these tools are available, uh, let me differentiate this a little bit. What we know right now is the current load of the vehicle. This is something we can count. Uh, we can send this to the back office. And from the back office, we can provide this information and make them available for mobile apps or can use the, this information and send them on displays at the stop point. Usually in, an, in a fleet management system like our ITCS, you have all the real-time information available. And you can make this information available for stop displays, for mobile apps, or for whatever task you want. Um, you can use this also. So if you make the plan in advance, and that's your use case, if you are at home and want to know, okay, the vehicle, I want to take what's the situation. And this is where I want to differentiate. We can tell you, okay, the vehicle you want to take is now crowded or there are now um, 10 passengers on board. That's the real-time information we know. And only with real-time APC, we will not be to tell you with 100% safety if the vehicle is still only occupied by 10 passengers if it arrives at your bus stop. For this, we need something to predict or know in, in advance. And this is something where we at INIT are currently in the process of development for making also a reliable prediction based on um, historical information and historical data, because usually your bus, which you want to take, we know from history how many people will board or alight at the stop points between your preferred stop point and the stop point where the bus is right now. And this what we are currently in the development will be called mobile guide. But this will be the next step. What we can provide at least right now is the information, okay, the current load of the bus is the following and give you a figure. And this information can be distributed um, over all channels which are connected to our fleet management system. So the advantage here is that I, as the passenger, can either see this information on my app or on the signage that's at the stop. And I can make that decision, okay, this bus is at 60% capacity. I know we use color codes like yellow, green, and red, red being this bus is at, has reached its capacity. And that can be defined by the agency, uh, obviously yeah. what their capacity levels are. And so then I can determine, okay, I need to probably wait for the next bus or take a different route so that I can avoid these crowds. So for the driver, now obviously drivers can manage the loads of vehicles on their own by seeing, uh, okay, we've reached you know 40% capacity or now we've reached the next stop, we've reached 80% capacity. 
And when we say 80% capacity, we're not talking 100% of the vehicle is full. We're talking about the parameters that the agency has already set. So if we say 80% full, we really, for the agency, that could be defined as, um, you know, we're reaching half capacity. So the driver also has the ability to say, okay, this bus is has reached our prescribed capacity and can now turn on the head sign, which says we're dropping off only. So there's some control there for, for the driver as well. And the dispatchers obviously can see this information in real time and make changes. They, for instance, send out another bus behind the one that is full. So what are the prerequisites? And you said something about uh, mobile guide. Let's talk about that as well. Okay, you want to know the prerequisites. Um, what you usually need to have is something to count or at least determine the, the load on the vehicle side. Either you have APC already on board or you need an onboard unit with a display where the driver can figure out the predefined load. And if you have automated passenger counting, then the driver usually has to do nothing. But if you don't have this, then you need to enable the driver and you can do this via a button on his driver interface and he's just pressing the, the button 40%, 60%, 100%, whatever the load is. So you need some equipment in the vehicle. Thinkable, if you have automated passenger counting, then it goes without a display or a interface to the driver. If you only have, for example, um, AVL equipment on board, then you can also use this and um, give the driver some buttons to um, give the information that you don't need. You need a connection over the air, a radio connection from the vehicle to the back office. That information can be transmitted. Yeah, and that's it. In the back office, then you can trigger some alarms or make create displays and show, okay, the bus load um, of this bus is at the, a specific level. And usually the systems could also be prepared in a manner, as you mentioned before, 80% doesn't necessarily mean um, it's um, 80% fully occupied. 80% can mean um, 80% of all the seating places or 80% all of 50% of the places to sit down. This could be predefined by the agency. And then you can automatically trigger different things. If the bus captain Bus drivers tell you, okay, my vehicle is occupied by 80%, or if the APC is determining we've reached the level of 80%, and once again, whatever 80% in um, number of passengers mean, then we can automatically show on the exterior displays of the bus, bus is full, and trigger automatically an alarm for the dispatcher, okay, this bus is full, send another bus. So... This is what we offer now. We talked a lot about buses. Let's talk about trains. So I know that you're working on another tool that is more, more general that helps solve overcrowded trains and congested platforms. Can you tell us about how that helps solve some of these distancing requirements and what that looks like? The basic principles up to now between bus and trains, there is no difference. There's a figure which has to be determined in any way and then sent to the back office. The difference regarding trains and stop points or stations with trains. Um, and this is where the before mentioned mobile guide mainly came on the scene, is that with regard to trains, we usually know 
at which doors, at which stop point or station the people will board and alight. So we know quite well in advance where are crowded areas and where are less crowded areas at specific stations or also inside the train. And if we know this from historical data, and this is where in mobile guides we want to use real-time data and historical data, um, then we can tell this via the same means of information to the passenger and tell him, okay, rear part of the train is quite crowded. We know from experience, go to the front part. Or we can also tell him, in this area, in the station, we know that many people will light the vehicle if you want to prevent to that all these lighting passengers or other people prevent this area and go to another area where less people are alighting. Right. And this tool will be mobile guide and this will be one of the features of mobile guide to have a better information for the passengers, for the customers, um, where they can board and alight with regard to Corona safely or um, even without Corona and social distancing where we can tell them, okay, here, here you can board or alight faster than usual. Mm -hmm. So if I'm a passenger and I'm standing at the train platform, um, which I've done many times, I will be able to see which cars are less crowded and reposition myself to those entry doors so that I can avoid the crowds. And that's yes. basically what you're talking about here. And I can see that through the through either an app or the signage at the train station. And then I have better control over where well, I stand. Also, I try to be as generic as possible with the means of information. Mm -hmm. Yes, we have this information. And then we just need a channel to bring this information to the passenger. This could be an app. This could be a signage, like you mentioned before, with the colors green, um, yellow, and red. Mm -hmm. The signage is at the stop at stations. It could be LEDs in the floor. Right. And I've seen that, actually. Uh, we've seen a few uh, screenshots of that where the LEDs and the train platform itself are yellow, green, or red, and people uh -huh. can readjust where they're standing so that they can board the cars that have the least amount of people. And that's uh -huh. really uh, the progress being made and solving these challenges is really inspiring. Do you have, Dirk, any last-minute thoughts? Yeah, maybe the one thing we, we provided or we started all this stuff in the development, not with having Corona in mind. Mm -hmm. and, and no one could imagine what happened in the last three months. Um, if you would have told me at the New Year's Eve that I will stay at home for um, two months and working from home for two months or that some pieces are not able to be bought, I would have laughed. So mm -hmm. no one has foreseen this um, pandemic. And for me, it's quite interesting to realize that things we thought before might be useful for optimizing public transport will deliver right now solutions which can also help in, the, in case of a pandemic. Mm. Sometimes it's very useful to think far in advance and think, okay, what might make life smoother? And if you try to push this on, then you will realize okay, this will not only solve the problem I had in mind, but this will also help to solve some other problems. That is exactly what has happened here with uh, Real-Time APC and the uh, upcoming mobile guide. And it's part of what you do every day. So um, 
Dirk, really appreciate you joining me today and look forward to continuing this conversation as we all move forward together. Thanks for sharing your experiences with us. Thank you, Anne.